0: Our e-bulletin available online with links to our connect form and website you can access this by opening the camera app on your iphone or android device and pointing it at the qr code on the screen if you're new with us today we are so glad that you've joined us please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the qr code with your device and clicking on the i'm new link This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. Each Monday night from 6 to 8.15 p.m., we partner with the Dream Center in Delaware to deliver groceries to families in need. We build relationships with these families and grow in our own faith as we serve others. You can volunteer once or twice a month or even weekly. To find out how to participate, please contact Pastor Jason at jason.allison at presschurch.tv. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you're visiting a campus in person, there's a box by the back exit of the worship center where you can drop your support as you leave. If you'd prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now, let's prepare to engage what God has for us today.
1: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here Uh, For those of you joining us for the first time, we're so glad that you were here with us. And for everybody that's joining us online today, we're glad to have you as well. Uh, Today is Memorial Day. And so we wanna take some time and recognize uh, those who have lost their lives serving this country. Um, The freedom that we have to join here today and celebrate and worship God, we do because of the freedoms that we've been given through sacrifice. And so we wanna make sure to recognize that today uh, if you have family members that maybe lost their lives to active duty or whatever it may be, we want to take some time today uh, to do that, to celebrate that. Uh, a lot of times we, we look at Memorial Day and it's just a time to, to grill out and do other things. And so uh, we, we celebrate uh, what we have because of the sacrifice of others. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say before we get into uh, our discussion this morning is to... Uh, just acknowledge uh, the tragedy that happened this last week in Texas. Um, I was uh, Thursday, I was putting together a video that I was going to release to the church and I just, I, I couldn't finish it. I, I, I didn't know what to say. Uh, I didn't know how to say it. I felt like no matter what I was going to say about the tragedy, it didn't encompass. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. And so I think as a church, uh, as followers of Christ, we have uh, an obligation to represent God and represent uh, what he would want. And I think the thing that's so discouraging is that when, when evil, terrible things like this happen, we see even more division and even more divisiveness. And so I want to challenge us as a church. Um, we all have our political views we all have our ideas of what we think would be the best way to solve problems like this. But I think at the end of the day, we have to start with the fact that there's people that are hurting. There's people that have lost family members. Um, and this isn't the only time this has happened. This, has, this, this happens you know, more than once. Um, and so I, I wanna encourage us, you know, start with prayer. I know there's a lot of people, your prayers do nothing. Well, your prayers do something. But I encourage you in those prayers, be seeking and asking God for wisdom in what to do, because obviously in James, was it uh, faith without works is dead. At some point, uh, as a church, we should be willing to support and stand with people who are in pain and who are suffering. Um, again, we all have our opinions on what should happen, uh, and the series that we're going to be starting here today, uh, we'll discuss a little bit of this, is how we we think so much of we like to, to have all the answers. And as a community, obviously with social, social media and other things, we, we like to, to give other people our, our, our two cents on what the best thing is or what we should do. And so I ask that, that as a church, as press, and maybe you're here for the first time and you know nothing about us or anything like that, but I, I hope that as a church that we can lead with humility that we can say you know i may not have all the answers and i may not know everything and i don't have all the details but i'm gonna i'm gonna try to love the best i can i'm gonna try to listen the best i can uh in in james in chapter one we see be quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry may that be some of the things that a church that we that we can hold to that we we can be quick to listen to other people we can be slow to speak and we can we can try not to get angry and obviously after events like this it's easy to be angry it's easy to be uh, filled with emotions, and I think that's natural, and I think that's, that's good. We should feel something uh, because it's terrible and it's tragic, um, but I encourage us as a church, let's, let's be the church, let's not get on social media and attack verbally people that think differently than us. But let's lead with love, let's lead with humility. I'm gonna take some time to pray, and then we'll get started in our message today. God, we acknowledge our need for you. We acknowledge our limitations in the way that we can fix things. Um, And so I pray that as a church, God, who those that are here today, those that are listening and watching online, whatever it may be, God, that we can, that we can hopefully set a tone for, for loving like you, that we can lead with humility, knowing that we don't always have all the answers. God, we pray for our country. For the brokenness in our country for the divisiveness that's in our country god i pray that that even as a congregation and the differences in politics and color and income and all the different things that separates god that we can that we can show unity around you that we can show unity because of our faith in you because of our love for you god but god we do ask that that as a church that we may also do something, but we need your wisdom in that, God. And so I pray that for all of us today. We pray for your wisdom, for your love, for your understanding, for your mind, God. We ask your Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. It's your name we pray. Amen. All right. We're starting a brand new series today, so let's take a look at the series bumper. She said, I want a love that's just so perfect. When I wake up, I don't deserve it. I
2: want a love that gives me freedom. Give it all up just to finally me I know I've got God on my side. Give him the night. I wanna ride, but don't know where to begin. I guess deep within, I know I want a love that's just like Jesus.
1: Series starting today, we're going to be diving into Uncomfortable. this is, a, this is a great, uh, I think it's a great series to be starting, uh, obviously what I just said, uh, because so many of us right now are dealing with how to love uh, the other people around us, especially when they think differently than us, they look differently than us, they talk differently than us, and it can be uncomfortable. Are you good, by the way? Hey, should, we're gonna find out. Should we try?
3: Let's see, is that better? No crack. No crack no, All right. <laughs>
1: I uh, like to keep
3: I just like to take the tone down a little bit and relax everybody. We, we try to make it smooth, smooth transitions to, uh, and get us all uncomfortable with this talk about so uncomfortable so much for love. all the programming, yeah. And the production. I, know. I like to throw all that out the window and just wing it. So
1: so before we get too far, if you are new to Earth Press, uh, these are the other two pastors on staff. This is uh, Jason, he's pastor of spiritual formation here. And this is Pastor C.R. He's a executive pastor here, and I will say one thing that I love um, about what we do here is the teamwork that goes into our messaging, into sermons, into everything that we do. Um, both of these guys, it's it's great. If you've been here for a while, you realize how different each of us are. Um, we're very different, um, but it's great. I think it's awesome to work through things, having other people that think differently than you and see things differently than you and can call out um, different things, and so. Uh, every so often, we get all three of us up here just to discuss, to talk through um, the series, what we're doing. And I think it's great because uh, they, they're they just going to talk about things differently than me. They're going to see things differently than me. And you guys probably get sick of hearing me all the time. So I think it's great to pull them up. You can hear some of their wisdom and their insights. Um, but today, uncomfortable love, with all the political stuff going on, with everything going on, uh, the idea of of loving people that are different than you uh, can be uncomfortable. And really, the question is like loving like Jesus' love. That's that's really what we get into. And so we're going to start talking about uncomfortable love. So if we're going to talk about uncomfortable love, Jason, do you want to get? Can you can you give us give us uh, some insight on love? Can you give us some insight on Doesn't love, make Jason? Me the love
3: You're bastard. the love. So Jason's the <laughs> love
1: guru today. No,
3: no, I'm not. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, they, Sean said, hey, can you take about, I don't know, five minutes and summarize biblical love? <laughs> um, sure, why not? Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. We, do, we are entering It's a small topic. Small love, topic. Love. You know, it's not yeah. like it's major. Um, the thing about love, especially in Scripture, is, uh, it, you know, it is mentioned over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, You know, Paul says, you know, these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So over and over we see that, and and Jesus was asked, and, and you guys are familiar with this, if you were in church at all and ever, you know, heard anything that anyone said, you probably heard at some point Jesus being asked, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And, and his response uh, was in Mark chapter 12, and it's a couple other places, too. Uh, several of the gospel writers recorded it. But in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, he says, you know, the greatest, the greatest commandment, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and, and all your strength. And he said, and the second is equally important, which means it's kind of 1A, right? It's love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And just so you know, too, Jesus didn't just like pull that out of the air. He's actually quoting two Old Testament texts, right? He's quoting De- Deuteronomy 6, 5, which is, is often called the Shema, which the Hebrew word Shema just means hear or listen. And that's where it says, hear, O Israel, your, the Lord your God is one. It says, and you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, right? So, so he's quoting that, and he's also quoting Leviticus 19, 18, which is another place where it says, you know, you should love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus sums up literally sums up the old testament in in these two phrases love god love others And, and so the early church then looks at you know what does it mean to love and so the way they did that as you read through the rest of the new testament is they looked at jesus they looked at his teachings and they looked at his example right they didn't try to come up with some big long discourse on on this is what it means to love and here's all the rules here's all the ways to do it they just said no you know what we're going to look to jesus and see what did he do and that is what will help us determine from generation to generation what it means to love and so paul says in romans 5 8 right he says this is what love is god demonstrated his love in this that while we were still enemies of god he sent jesus to die for us first john uh, he's writing and, and he does kind of a similar thing in, in chapter 4 verses 9 and, and also verse 11 he says, says listen god manifested he incarnated his love in jesus so that we could experience that love and then in turn share it with others so all that to say the bottom line is love is action Right, that, that's when you read scripture, when you look at Jesus, when you look at what he taught. Love is action. I think DC Talk
1: put it: love is a verb. Yes, you guys. I don't been, know if any, anybody in DC, this room Any DC Talk fans? There's a couple. All right. Yeah, okay. Young. Yeah, that's like yeah. old school Christian music right there for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. If you uh, do, we'll have a therapy session afterward. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: I actually saw their their uh, them at Icthus.
0: Which, Down in, again, everyone knows like, what's like Christian right.
3: Music Festival <laughs> 30 years ago. Uh, yes. Ye- ye- yay for I was really Christ- Christian culture. It, it for was the, the big 25th anniversary <laughs> of Igthus. And DC Talk, this massive, you know, name comes in, and they did an acoustic set. Oh, yeah. Bummer. Come on. You're supposed to – anyway. So love is an action, okay? Uh, and, and as you think about this, that love is basically to seek the well-being of people other than yourself especially, and this is key, especially those who can't repay you, and even those who are against you. Um, The the great philosopher Aristotle, who was quoted then by Thomas Aquinas, who was one of the great theologians of of the early church, said love is seeking the best in and for another. And so that, you know, how do you summarize love? Well, it's seeking the best in another, right? And and seeking what is best for them outside of yourself. And so I would even go so far as to say the purpose of human existence, like the reason we even exist, is to receive the love that God has shown us in Christ, and then spread that, create an ecosystem of other-focused, self-giving love. You know, in in scripture, they might call that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, you know, that is among us now. In, In our parlance today I might call it the ecosystem right of, of God's kingdom um, and, and let's be honest that has the potential to make us uncomfortable because we, that means we have to love people who are different than us who might have a different set of values a different set of, of even morals or uh, worldviews ideologies right. uh, even faith practices right. and yet we are called we are given the ultimate uh, you know, goal of loving them and so that, that to me is why love is huge, but also can become very uncomfortable. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. What, what about like tough love though? Because I know there's a lot of yeah. people who are like, well, yeah. I, I'm loving this person, Yeah. yeah but tough I'm, I'm going to give it to him straight because I love them. What do you yeah. do with that? Well,
3: usually that person's a jerk. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Jason said it. <laughs>
3: um, well, it, here's the thing often we say it's tough love as though it's tough for us to show it and really what we're saying is we want to do something that it's going to be tough for the person to receive
0: hmm.
3: and, and yet we call that tough love because it makes us feel better like we're the ones sacrificing by shooting straight with them right tell them like it is and and, and yes that's part of it uh, yes we do have a call line, especially with your kids right with your kids you, you need to at times Tell them the truth of what's going on, of what's happening. They, they need to hear that something is not good. And sometimes a kid is going to receive that as though, wait, I need to go to bed early. I thought, you know, I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to do what I want. You're, you're restricting me, you know. And right. no, you're going to bed. Right. And you put them to bed. Well, that's tough love of sorts.
1: You don't love me. I've gotten that yeah. one from my kids. And yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're right. I don't.
3: Geesh. Yeah, you, you called it. I don't love you because I'm you know <laughs> I'm making you eat dog. healthy. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, yes, there is a part of that. But to, to me, too often we use tough love as an excuse to be a jerk. Mm. Honestly. Well, and
1: I think in, in addition to that, I think we use tough love as like the go-to instead of. Yes. Like it's the first move. It's, it's the yes. first move is tough love. Right. And I think that that's the, there's probably a lot of uh, philosophical reasons why that happens or why we go in that direction first. Um, and I'm not even moving. Jason, you are totally. You're, you're not even moving.
2: You're, this is actually just a setup because we're going to do the church, please give us money because we're dealing right. with really broken <laughs> we equipment. We need a better microphone. We so want you to want to be annoyed all the time. We, all right, I just muted you. We want you to be as uncomfortable
1: as possible, <laughs> so, and we want to make us as uncomfortable as possible so that we can. All right, do you need to fix something on that?
2: I mean, I'm not saying don't give us money because...
1: <laughs> Please. Let's make them really comfortable. We're gonna talk about money now actually. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's of, when it gets speaking real Speaking of uncomfortable, yeah. We're gonna do a special yeah. love offering right now. I didn't tell them. So I think if we're all right.
2: I think it's time to grab a new mic, Jason.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just can use go Dylan. for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, wipe the
1: wipe the singer spit off of it. <laughs> Let's see.
2: So I feel like <laughs> when we're talking about being uncomfortable, that's like my invitation. Well, I was just about to say, if we're <laughs> going to talk about
1: uncomfortable, CR, C- you're the, you, you like uncomfortable, so.
3: CR C- lives in uncomfortable. Yeah,
2: it's not that I, well, maybe I do like uncomfortable. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like the challenge. I like discourse. I like being able to, you know, have a good conversation with somebody who thinks differently, right? So uh, if that's uncomfortable, then call me uncomfortable, but um i i like science okay i i like science can we and talk it, about
1: science in church
2: a, a lot of people think you can't talk <laughs> about science <laughs> church. they right. think that christianity and science are in two different okay. places i think that science can continues to confirm mm. not only christianity specifically but uh that we have an intelligent designer that we mm. have a god and um it if you dig into this stuff, I think it's mind blowing. If you want to talk about it with me after service, I'm all about that, but.
1: Yeah, he'll nerd out on this stuff, so.
2: (laughs) But uh, I think we need to step into that a whole Hmm. lot more. And a great example of this is our brain, right? This is is a designed thing, our brain, and it's a survival organ. Um, And part of that is we utilize fear through how our brain processes, is a survival instinct, okay? Our minds have utilized fear as a way to survive. Now, on the face of it, that's not necessarily wrong, right? But when we enter into this sort of human-animal style of approach, if if, if we give into that uh, base instinct, um, we're looking for certainty, Mm. And that desire for certainty breeds fear. And we can go right back to the garden, the the story of the Garden of Eden, right, in Genesis. And you can look right into this story and see what happens when our desire for certainty Mm. leads us to fear and we make bad decisions, right? I mean, if you look at, at, at the serpent, the representation of evil, the questions that come forward, did God really tell you this? Right. Did God really say that? And it starts to breed doubt, right? And so we we see right there, a total example of ourselves. Right. We start to question, did God really say that? Mm. D- does God really love me? Does Does God really exist? Yeah, is he there? Now there's nothing wrong with having questions. So that's part of the journey. You need to be able to question things. But it's when we are so bent for this certainty that it starts to build on us and we can't find it and it spins out of control and it turns into fear. It breeds this. Now I'm uncertain. Now I'm questioned. Now I question everything. I question my designer, my creator and, and the best that he has for me. So as Jason explained uh, in Mark 12, right, L- love God and love others, right? That sounds great. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it sounds okay. really good. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a great idea, right? But how does evil work against us? Evil works against us by trying to get us to distrust God, to distrust others, right? It's the absolute opposite of what we're being called to do in Mark 12. That's how this plays out. So we get into this this space of distrust. And if you want if you know if you want to examine this from a psychological perspective, there's tons of studies that has been done on this and social cognition and biases, how we view the out-group versus the in-group. Think about your core group of people mm-hmm. and then how you how, how you view the others, right? And a lot of times, uh, we denigrate the other and yeah. we accept the in-group and we'll accept behaviors out of our in-group right. that we would be completely suspicious about with the out-group, right. okay? This is not... Uh, the, this is a, it's in the Bible, but science confirms it. It's our behavior, and it's how, at the base level, we choose to operate based out of fear. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're not
3: really seeing that happen and play out in the world today.
2: Oh, not at all. <laughs> That's not. Not yet a, at all. Not, not like there's a, a lot on of devices, news or social media. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think you saying
1: like the in group and out group. I think we need to, I, I don't know, like hit on that for a second. Like how often or how quick are we to create those groups? How quick are we to say, well, this is like the I'm okay with this group, and then that other group, not okay with. Can we acknowledge how we treat both of those groups? And I think that's a huge thing, even in the church. When you when you listen to people who've been hurt by church or who have been uh, had, you know, just bad bad situations in church, a lot of times it's you see that you see this divisiveness, you see this groupings of you know, these people are holy, okay, right. These people are other and should be treated as so.
2: Mm-hmm. We, like, we like to draw a boundary and say, this group right. is out and this group is in. And when we dig into that, that's not what Jesus is calling us to do. And Jesus lays out the example in all of his interactions. And uh, we, we have to take a look at that, right? So our primal instinct is to protect what we think matters and not what God is calling us to do, right? That's like the primal instinct. So it's it's a question of where is our treasure? Where is our treasure? What are we trying to protect? Mm. And if we look at Matthew six, great group of scriptures, 19 through 25. Those of you you who are familiar, have probably heard these many times. And I'm just going to kind of briefly run through it. But 19 starts with do not store up for yourself treasures on Earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also right we've probably heard this a few times but when we think of treasure a lot of times we're thinking in terms of finances finances are a part of it but it's also the other things that we want to protect the things that we go out of our way to fight for okay um you know verse 20 uh, uh 22 Um, the eye is the lamp of the body. If, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light 23. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your body will be full of darkness. Um, you know, get into 24, no one can serve two masters, right? You, you will either hate one and love the other, but be devoted to one and despise the other. That's pretty significant, right now, here's the key. We get to verse 25 and what is jesus telling us here therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes and i think the problem is is we take that little scripture right there and we go oh well they're just talking about you know what you'd wear you know or what you would eat no jesus is talking about something much much bigger there he's presenting it in that way but he's calling us to question what it is that we're trying to protect what it is that we feel is so valuable that we go out of our way to fight for it right and we're called not to worry that's that's the point there because we do it out of fear that's the problem it's out of fear and we've talked about this before 365 times in the bible do not fear right one for every day, essentially. <laughs> what about leap year? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. I, don't, I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> so.
3: I, I think you're touching on something though there of the the idea of uh, the do not worry, do not you know that's that's really fear and that's very self-focused, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm yes. afraid I'm going to lose this. I'm not going to have this. I will not have enough. All of those type things are really focused on self, and yet you know love is is the opposite of that in some ways where it's saying I'm going to look beyond that. I'm going to get past the fear, but that's the hard part, getting past the fear, because we look at some people and say, I I don't I don't know if I can trust them. And so I don't know how to interact
2: with them as Jesus would. Mm. So what do you think we should do when that happens?
3: Well, I'm hoping Sean can cover that in the (laughs) next four
2: weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I'll leave some room for Sean to speak into that. But I I, I do want to say, look, There are things to be concerned about. I'm not trying to dismiss the idea of having concerns, right? Right. But it's when those concerns build into a place of fear and self-protection, and when you're working out of that and not trusting God, that's what we're talking about here. So there are two things that I think that you can kind of examine how your concerns, uh, kind of qualify them as concerns or fears, and where where are they based? The first one is this. Is your concern truly based in love? That's the first question. Is your concern truly based in love? And you're going to have to examine that. You need to wrestle with that. The second kind of qualifies that. Is your concern and the way you interact with others over your concerns truly reflective of the way that Jesus engaged others? That's the qualifier there. Like, is it? Can we look at how Jesus actually had conversations with people, how he entered into these uh, difficult spaces? The woman at the well, he goes out of his way to go into Samaria and talk with a woman who's there by by herself in the middle of the day. That was a big deal, okay? If we look at the way that Jesus interacts in these, these conversations that he has with people over and over and over again, it's in love even when he talks with the rich young ruler the the guy can't move forward the way that jesus is calling him to but jesus doesn't beat him down Mm -hmm. right and we don't know the rest of the story we don't know what ends up happening with this guy later on but he challenges people to step into it i think too often as christians we want to we have this one image of jesus flipping tables (laughs) right And, and and uh that's this one little picture, and he's dealing with people who are are twisting what God is calling us to do. He's calling out people in that one instance that are actually going against God, who are claiming to be doing the work of God, right? That's the difference right there. How he interacts with others and every other interaction is with love, and it's a calm conversation.
1: Well, I think that's something that scares me the most is when you look at who, who Jesus was toughest with, like if you want to talk about tough love, it was the religious. It was the, the yes. Pharisees. It was And it was like, and those Pharisees, we, we get this picture of the Pharisees like they're just like these awful, terrible people. Like they were they were upholding the law better than ever, anybody else. Like it's not like they were just these awful people. Like we get this picture like, oh, there's these dark like religious people. No, they were like, would have been good people. The problem is they were misrepresenting God and what He wanted. And so, what's I guess a check for me is like, okay, here I am, a pastor, uh, and when I see Jesus calling out the religious, like, man, that that scares me. I don't know if it scares you guys, being pastors or being like, I'm like, how am, ha, how am I, <laughs> how am I, how am I representing in. Christ? Because you see Him. I mean, and we'll we'll talk through this whole series, you know, different interactions He's had, but like. It's the religious that he's, like, really goes after. I'm like.
3: And I sh- think the key to that, though, is the reason he's so hard on the religious is because they have been given the gift of knowing God. Right. Of knowing, you know, how to interact with him. And they've been given the responsibility then to take that and to share it with the, the rest of the people. Right. right. And yet what they do is they create barriers so that people can't access God the way they can. Right. And so that's why Jesus is so upset. And so we fast forward to today. The question is, what, what kind of barriers are we putting in place that are keeping mm, people good. from seeing and experiencing, you know, God's love? What are things that we're doing to keep people at arm's length so we don't have to love mm, them
1: yeah, so we really can good. keep
3: them away? And that's why we're talking about uncomfortable love. I mean, right. who, who are the people that are around you that you interact with? Who are those right, people? The other. Yeah. The other.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. The bottom line is, uh, if you are engaging people with love as Jesus did, uh, it will often be uncomfortable. Mm. That's yeah. how it's going to be.
1: Yeah. And I think we make excuses as to, we make excuses to love in the way that we like to love so that it's not uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think we miss, we miss a heart. We miss God's heart in loving people because we, it is uncomfortable. Um, so, the
3: goal of the series is not to teach us how to become comfortable. Right. It's actually to, to help step us wrestle right. with and the and uncomfortable and grapple right. with right. What, w- what do we do when it's uncomfortable? Right. right. We right. should be
2: wrestling. Right. Uh, if you're so confident in what it is that you're putting forward um, that you think you have all the right ideas and you've right, got it right, right. right. That's, that's actually not what we're talking about. We're talking about wrestling with that and going, do I? In terms of Jesus, mm-hmm. like, w- how would Jesus approach this thing? Right. You know? Well, I think that's,
1: yeah, I think that whatever we're doing, uh, I think we said with every interaction we have, with every person that we are talking with, uh, work to love them through the example of Jesus. Like, and I know it's like the cheesy, like, bracelet, what would Jesus do? You know, it's like the old school, if you are around for that. But it's it's true. It's like, in a way, it's like, how, how are we in every interaction Treating that person as Jesus would treat them, I was looking through. Um, so the the love chapter is Galatians, First Corinthians. First Corinthians sorry, not Thirteen. Galatians. There you go. Ask this guy. He's he's like the walking Bible. Um, <laughs> so you know, you go to a, you do, you go to a wedding and they talk. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. It's not self-serving. It's like all you have all these things. Like if you read through those verses, like that's uncomfortable. Like it is not comfortable to love that way. I, I love my wife, I say I love my wife, but apologizing, it's uncomfortable. Saying I was wrong is uncomfortable. Putting her needs over my needs is uncomfortable. Like, it's not natural, I don't wanna do that. And that's someone who I like like more than most of everybody here, you know what I mean? Like. Uh, It's like her and my kids like that's my that's my group you know what i'm saying and yet if it's hard for me to be selfless in that relationship it's it's hard to me to put them first like how much harder is it with the person who looks differently than me who thinks differently than me who has you know a a sign in the yard that goes against what i think is right and this is why it's uncomfortable and 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 the
3: crazy thing is that that passage was not written for marriage ceremonies.
1: Well, right. It was
3: I mean, it was written that we were all supposed to do right. that with everyone. Right. Love that way with everyone, right. not
1: just our spouse. Right. Absolutely. And so to do it with our yeah, spouse. Yeah, we have a hard yeah. time doing it with our spouse let alone Yeah. everyone, the person who thinks yeah. differently than me. Yeah. And I think, you know, You'd have to be blind to look around and see the divisive. I mean, I mentioned it at the beginning. There's a, so much divisiveness. There's so much arguing. There's so much, and I, I think the, the fear element that CR talked about is true. There's so many of us that are just afraid. We we want we want certainty. We want to be safe. We want certain things, and and we just we attack the person who thinks differently than us because we're all scared and we're all trying to figure it out. And I think it's it's so key. Uh, for us to again as a community how can we unify around christ how can we unify around the things we believe knowing that i i know if we took a poll in here we would get a, a widespread of of political ideas of what we think is right what we think is wrong um, but i think if we can start with the fact that hey i believe in jesus christ i believe he died and rose again we're gonna we're gonna we're going to center around that and that truth. And then we're going to look to Jesus and say, how can we love the way that he loved and it, it, it is uncomfortable. And and this series, maybe will feel a little uncomfortable for some of us, but I think it has to. I think for too long, the church has not represented Christ in the best way. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have been truly hurt by the church. In ways that and, and we almost say, Well, it's because they didn't believe the right thing and they didn't like, and we're so we so want to stand on our platform and tell somebody that they're wrong instead of saying, I'm gonna point you to Jesus and I'm gonna trust that his Holy Spirit is gonna guide you, and and I'm gonna try to be there to help you in that. And that's from day one. I mean, I think as pastors, that's our heart for Press Church. We have our beliefs, we know what we think. We are rooted in the fact that we believe in Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection. And we believe that scripture is there for us as a guide, and it points to Christ. It points to God and his love for us. But there's going to be people who disagree with us. There's going to be people who have different starting points than us. There's going to be people who have trauma that they have to get over. And for us to just look at their life and say, oh, well, you don't do exactly what I do, so you're the other now. You're out. It's just it's just not right and I think as Christians, as followers of Christ, we have to do better. And so, uncomfortable love, we're going to be dip, digging into this. Uh, Dylan, I don't know if you're around. You can start coming up, by the way. Um, I really feel like if, if we're going to make a difference, as we say, we've got it out in our lobby, we won't make a difference in this community. How are we as followers of Christ representing Christ? And I think that's the thing that you know we'll look at over the you know the series is i think we we have a misunderstanding of jesus sometimes we we have turned jesus into the jesus we want we have turned jesus into looking more like us than than the other way around making us look like jesus and i think for each of us we are always looking into that lord how am i being more like you I know I'm going to have blind spots. I know I'm going to have issues. I know I'm going to have things that I don't do right or don't think perfectly. And so instead of us just being bullheaded and saying, I've got all the answers, how can we, again, lead with humility, come with humility, knowing I don't have all the answers, but I want to be in a community that's willing to dig in, that's willing to step forward towards Christ, learn more, love better. And that's what uncomfortable love is going to be doing. You guys have anything else? All right. Let's close in, in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for this time together. And and God, I, I truly pray that that what we talked about today, that that it would stir in our souls something that we would that we would look inward and ask the hard questions. How am I loving those around us? This word love gets tossed around so much and there's so many different ideas and thought, feelings and thoughts around it, God, but we pray that that we would have your love. And I pray that, that through this series, God, that we can look more at that of what that looks like, what your love looks like, and how we can interact with those around us better. That we would not be driven by fear, We would not be driven by how we would look or what people will say, but that we'd be driven by loving like you loved, how you love God. And we know that we're gonna fall short and we need your spirit to guide us. We need your spirit to give us wisdom. But in a time where we see so much divisiveness, so much hurt, so much pain, so much fear, God, I pray that as the church, we can be a reflection of you, that we can make a difference, that we can set the tone for loving people well. God, give us the strength. Lead us, guide us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stay.